The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. That's right, that's it's right. It's going to be us. We can drink and talk shit as much as we want. Nobody can say anything to it. D.L. Hughley, uncut. <laughs> hey, now, welcome to D.L. Hughley, uncut. Of course, I am D.L. Hughley. I'm Jasmine Sanders. I'm Ballhead Jeffrey. Right, right. Well, what's the, what, the delay? He, he's so he's so mesmerized looking at his reflection. I cannot believe either my that head. or the vest is so tight. You head. ever see a puppy like? He's like, is that a vest I have? <laughs> Look at my head. It's, it's a vest of us for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know this is Friday. This happened. Uh, this happened on uh, uh, on a uh, a Wednesday. Uh, happy uh, Happy uh, Founders Day to uh, my frat brother Mega oh, Sci-Fi. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Fraternity Incorporated. Day. Happy Founders Day to them. One hundred nine years old. They don't look go. a day over one hundred seven. Looking good. Boots Looks a little good. scuffed up, but yeah, still gray. Good. You know. Right. <laughs> don't take an X-ray. We all suffer. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's interesting because um, I think we're now seeing, and and I have these conversations with Jeff Brown all the time. And he he makes the point that America as a construct is probably served its usefulness and is over, and I and I used to argue against it, but I don't see very much evidence that he's not right. To I mean, to the contrary, to, yeah, to the contrarian. Like, I, I I just don't I, I like like now you have like Doctor Scott Atlas who who is you know uh, is our is Trump's medical advisor for less than that next two months, and he saw him on Fox News. Uh, Isn't that crazy? I would trust Dr. Dre more than I trust this dude. Yeah. Sure. Well, the fact that they were the arguing uh, like, regarding wearing these masks, and now I see where uh, the oldest Republican, Senator Chuck Grassley, 87, he's positive with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Well, 87. Well, 87. first off, everybody in the Senate except for, it's very few young senators, maybe Rubio, maybe that dude Tim Cotton. And he don't have to worry about the dude from Arkansas. He don't have to worry about because you have to have a brain. It affects your brain and your heart. <laughs> so he's safe. Um, why um i'm not really shocked um that we have gotten to the place where we're uh we're at 100 and almost 200,000 cases a day um but are you no 
I'm not shocked at all. When you when you consider how they fumbled this from the very beginning, when you consider how they've been very reckless and still continuing to have mass gatherings, refusing to wear masks, fighting about it, you know, and then they have planted this seed of doubt and, um, you know, a misbelief in science and doctors who know what they're talking Maybe about. That's they're blind by blinding me with yeah, science. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. What do you think it is, Jeff? I think I agree with Jasmine. What? It's absolutely, believe it or not, wow. I absolutely, I'm happy to see something that Oprah Winfrey said come true. A lot of the bad problems in America are going to have to die with the old white people. Yeah, yeah. But a lot, of, like a that, lot but of poor yeah. people are going to die too. A lot of poor people. And, and it's unfortunate because we're in a position right now that if we are led by a responsible, if we have responsible governance, it wouldn't have become a political issue. Uh, mm. we, we had a, a, a political season. Everybody, well, you know, in the, in the winter, it's going to get colder. And, you know, people are being more inside more. Well, actually, it's been unseasonably warm and people have been outside more. But I think the thing that has driven these numbers up, we had an ele- election season where they had Matt rallies. Some people had. When you get your ass whooping, the dude didn't leave his house. <laughs> that tells you a yeah. lot about you. But, yeah. But we had rallies where people were encouraged not to, uh, not to socially distance, not to wear, wear masks, mask. by a, led by a dude who had infected uh, this whole administration. Like there are more cases, they have forty some cases in the in the in, in the Trump administration, and one hundred thirty uh, uh, Secret Service agents are either positive COVID or, or, or under quarantine. But I think the election cycle. I think that you had 150 million people vote. 107 thousand million of them voted either early or by mail. Mm-hmm. But then you had 43 million people all around the country who were encouraged specifically to vote uh, in person uh, and to kind of dispel this myth of, of the coronavirus. And those 43 million people, because no matter mass, mass uh, and, and social distancing doesn't work in a polling place because you can't deny somebody the right to vote. Correct. You can't kick somebody out. It's not like a store. So those 43 million people went to these places without masks, without socially distanced for hours at a time. That is correct. And that happened about the 3rd of November. And now that's what you have. You have a concept because a responsible governance would have looked like, hey, look, this is real. We don't have to uh, debate about it. This is real and people are dying. And so everybody vote from home. That would have been responsible. That would have been responsible. Well, they couldn't do that. So much so, I remember seeing a nurse on TV saying that she had patients who, until their dying breath, were saying they did not believe COVID was real as they were dying from COVID. You look awful dumb dying of nothing. I know about that. It just doesn't make sense. I ain't got shit. I'm all right. (laughs) I'm just going to take a nap forever. I I I just think it really speaks to when, when people use this thing as a divisive thing, uh... And it really affects, and, 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 I, and I've said this, i made this point before, this disease preys on the selfish. Uh, selfishness feeds this disease as much as a host. Because yeah, sure, the fact that you, you won't wear a mask because you're selfish and you won't provide people. If, if America wanted to do something about it, we would make everybody stay home but pay their bills for a month. How about it? Yeah. We could, do that. We could, we could pay their bills for a month. That. And make everybody stay home. Or we could get them loan forgiveness. Or we could get them, you know, uh, uh, debt forgiveness. Or we could say, you know, but if we were concerned about it, but we're trying to do a couple of things. We're trying to serve so many masters instead of the one, which is the people that are supposed to be 
our primary concern, and that's the people that we we, we elected. You know well, what? when you think about, I'm sorry, Jeff, when you mm-hmm. think about the fact that from the, the top down, how, you know, Trump has bullied, look at the fact that now they're saying there's a potential vaccine, too, right? And he's saying he's going to deny it to New York because of this beef he has with Cuomo, because Cuomo was giving all of these, remember back in the day, yeah. months ago, every day he was giving these press conferences right. regarding COVID. he's doing his job. Doing his so job. so many people were dying. And Trump was pissed off about right. it. It's that kind of stuff. It is. I, I think it's just. I think that our institutions and and to the th- uh, conversation, our institutions have have failed us, and and now it's costing people lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look at what happened with the Boy Scouts, ninety thousand wow. people, um, and 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 they were one of those institutions that were supposed to be like like an institution America held up as a moral, godly, uh, you shining know, star, and, blah, and, blah, and, blah. and and and. You know, you see what it do with a gold brick is from the settlement. Like they didn't get, <laughs> and it's it's like it, they were abetted by police officers and and prosecutors and judges who looked the other way and kind of like we got to protect the integrity of the Boy Scouts. And ninety thousand people, they they they've screwed over so many kids. Even the Catholics are going, that's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> well, my grandmama said I that's, I had to go to the front door one time. My grandmama said I can't go nowhere with a white man in short little shorts right. and a red little scarf. I, I can't don't go trust. With you. Like first off, wow. I, this is true. I lived next door to a dude who was a scout leader, and he was a pedophile. He was a pedophile. Like little boys would leave his house crying and with candy in their hand, and I all like. And that was my my only, like that was my, and I didn't say that about everybody, but you got to admit, if 90,000 kids were molested, right. those are the kids that are coming out, the people, the, the, the kids that are coming out, and the ones, there's got to be a certain right. percentage of people that won't, just won't say anything Probably about larger. it. Probably uh, larger. Probably a large uh, percentage, right. And I just, I just uh, spending so the night in the woods and with a dude with short pants on is not my thing. Mm-mm, with a little scarf, <laughs> I'm not with it. <laughs> but you're convinced to believe that that's that's a great organization. That if you're not a Boy Scout, that you know somehow you're missing out on something. I think because yeah. I remember like it was a huge terrible, drive, like torture. Well, yeah. Now we know. Now we know. But we, think- but, but but we should have all. Anytime you seed, anytime you seed that much authority to somebody, and we've done it all the time with our with our institution. We've done it with policemen. Mm-hmm. Look how that looks. Like. We've done it with yeah. the judicial system. You, there, there should be nobody that has access to that level of trust. Nobody should have all the thinking. No, correct at all. And 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 that they're that they're and it's always these people who are who are pillars of the communities. These institutions that are pillar of the communities and that they're unassailable. And that that unassailability gives them the latitude to do these kind of monstrous things. Yes. Yeah, but I also think when you know about those things, you should speak up. Because when you yeah. tell me the story about the guy who that lived in your neighborhood, I said, well, did any adult they say something? Not. And they didn't say anything. No. That's part of the problem. Mm, look here, tell them the story about your daddy with the gun. Yeah, you know, well, see, my mm-hmm. father, yeah, my father was, yes. wasn't with it. But my father, to me, was one of those people that knew something wrong and it's, you know, and should have, there should have been something other. It's, it's not what you do in the dark. It's what you do in the light. Absolutely. They did this thing in full light, the mm-hmm. full light of day, the full light of ins- inspection, and they got away with it because light blinds you. And what, what, what oftentimes happens is some very dark things. And I think we're, we're guilty of giving people too much latitude to do to, to, to way too much harm. Right. You give them all the keys and then wonder what happened when something come up missing. There you go.
Our next guest is an Emmy and NAACP Image Award winning comedian and celebrity host. She's a co-host and producer on The Real. Her book, I Tried to Change So You Don't Have to, Real Life Lessons, comes out, came out in June and is available everywhere books are sold. She will also host the Salute Them Awards streaming on November 27th. You know who it is. It's my girl, Lonnie Love. Who's apparently hey, decorating so while we get in cons. <laughs> Listen, we were alone. She's arranging the set while we're shooting the show, okay? Listen, she's a Jill of all trades. Period. You know, I got Lonnie Love Studios. Right. So I got like... See right. areas. I was like, ooh, let me put a little, <laughs> right, little right, 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 right. Girl, don't explain yourself to <laughs> what him. What happened to Lonnie's elbow? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been a big fan of yours. I love you very much. Um, I love you back. You wrote a book. You tried to change, uh, so we wouldn't. Ha- we, so you yep. wouldn't have to. What did you do so I wouldn't have to do it? Because <laughs> you <laughs> everything. Yeah, I don't think it was you. No, right. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm still the same. No, um, because I, I've kind of watched you first be one kind of entertainer and then just kind of uh, morph into all these other things. I, I think you're still a great comic, but now there's so many more appendages that you kind of exhibit. So when you say that you tried to change, so who were you speaking to and what did you do? Well, I w- actually, it's a memoir where I'm speaking. I wish that when I was a little girl, you know, growing up, that I had this type of book to give me some some confidence. I mean, there weren't many books written about young women of color when I was growing up in the 1800s. Right. Not- <laughs> right. So, yeah. so, like, you know, so I just wanted to uh, write a book to show my humble beginnings, to show young women that just because you start one way doesn't mean that you have to end another way. You know, Dia, I grew up in the 80s in the crack era in the project. Right. Um, I'm a statistics. I'm not supposed to make it. I'm not supposed to be on television. I'm not supposed to have an Emmy. I'm not supposed to be opening for somebody I was watching when I was, you know, growing up or in college on Def Jam like DL. This story is a story about Amer- American dreams. Um, you know, the people that I've met, how I got there. But the thing was, I was always trying to be something that I thought the public would accept me for. And it never happened. What, what, what was and that? So, what was that? What were you trying to be? Because I've always known you to be kind of the same person. So what was it that you were trying to be? That you well, just you said- met me when I, was at, when, I was, when I was at the point where I said, fuck it, I don't care no more. Right. Right. But I'm talking about before that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there were times when I thought, okay, um, I'm going to have to talk a certain way. I'm going to have to look a certain way. Um, I can't be on television unless I'm a size zero. Um, I, you know, or if I am, a, you know, a big girl, then I'm just only, I'm only going to have to play the maid or I'm the best friend. And that's simply not true. Now I'm creating my own ways. I'm creating my own shows. I'm doing my own thing. And so this, these are the stories that I share, and it's not and it's a, it's not bragging. It's actually inspirational and to to encourage other people that feel like me, that feel like maybe they have a flaw, and that they have to fix it. If you want to fix your flaw, fine. But to me, flaws have made me stand out, and that's what the whole purpose of this book is: is for people to accept who they are, use what they have, keep working, and you can reach your goals. Mm. 
That's so important, though, because I, I, I feel exactly what you're saying. I can remember when I first started doing radio, people would make fun of my voice. And so I would try to talk in a very high-pitched voice for a long time so I could get a job. And then I started developing polyps on my vocal cords. And be quiet. And so people tease me. Nobody said nothing. About, see? You know, but, but I decided I'm just going to use my real voice. It is what it is. You'll make fun of me. But I started getting more work. See, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But a lot of us, because you got to understand something too, DL, as a, you know, as a black woman, mm. we are, you know, we are put under so much scrutiny. We don't have as many opportunities. I'm not here to debate, you know, black women versus black men or whatever. I'm talking about black women in general. A lot of us have, we weren't seen. Your first black Oscar winner was Hattie McDaniel. And look at what she got an Oscar for. And then it wasn't until, you know, 25, 30 years later that we finally got another one. Well, I'm I'm trying to cut that because there are young black girls out there. And this is for all women, but specifically for young black girls to know that whatever you are, if you that dark skinned girl, use that dark skin. If you that light skinned girl, use that light skin. You know, don't be ashamed or afraid of who you are because you look different than everybody else or what you are now seeing currently on television and in the media. That's really what this book is about. It's about acceptance. You know, it's interesting. I grew up, there are two people who I, who I always knew and had grew up with and, I mean, you know, watched them on stage. And then um, I was just ecstatic for them when they got, uh, you know, roles on television. And television is very different than movies. Movies is where strangers go to this strange place and they watch this thing on a 10, uh, 20 foot high screen. TV is so much more intimate. They have to invite you. And radio is right. even more intimate. But uh, they have to invite you into their home. And you and Cheryl Underwood, I I feel bad. But we're able to do things. I just didn't, you know, I, I, I felt bad because I didn't, one, appreciate or even necessarily understand the things that were going on externally in, in, in terms of the makeup of the business, but also the things that were going on internally with you all. And it makes me, like, I, I would like to have believed I was more empathic than that, but the business was not structured for people like you and Cheryl and, and, and Leslie. They weren't, they, it wasn't, it was, a, it was a game you were never allowed to play. And the fact that you 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 all have gotten in it and have excelled has made me feel I feel very happy, but I feel in a lot of ways negligent that I you know was in some ways un, unaware of what pe like you were going through. I I didn't I didn't have any idea that that would have been going well, on. No, but CDL, you gotta understand, you actually was were um you actually helped. Because when I was coming up as a young comic, by you putting bread in my pocket, by you giving me an opportunity to share your stage, a lot of people didn't allow that. So you can't, you know, it's not your responsibility or anybody else's responsibility to, you know, because I never came to you and said, deal, you got to help me. You just said, I think you're funny. You, you want to go on and do some time, you know, when I really needed it. That was a help. Now, the thing is about this whole industry and about people like Cheryl and, and Leslie and all of us, it was people way back that could make the decisions. You know, this is, we're talking about CBS. We're talking about the, 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 the presidents of the, the studios and, and things that, that were being done. They were the one that was blocking us. 
but it was the people that was coming up with us. You guys, y'all put, you know, money in our pockets. You know, it was the Michael Williams from the Comedy Act right. Theater that helped us to build. Right. Pat Williams, he's the one that put Leslie on. Right. So I can't say that you guys didn't do what the, the best that you could do at the time. You know what I mean? Right. It's like we were able to fight our way and we used, you know, Cheryl, you know, we know Cheryl as this powerhouse comic. Right. And it's funny because in life, she has found her way. She yeah. has found her calling. So that's what I'm saying about this book. This book is about not, you know, whining and saying we ain't got no, we we don't have no problem. We don't, we don't have any opportunities. The opportunities are going to come. And that's why you seeing the Leslie's, the Tiffany Haddish's, you seeing the female comics that's making it. But it's because you guys did give us a chance. You didn't have to put me on your stage. And you did a number of times. You know, and I would get drunk and fucked up with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, she's kidding. I never drink. No, she's not. Hey, okay, let's oh, move on. Uh, <laughs> one time we got so oh, okay. Tell the story, Lonnie. Tell the story. So, we missed the show. Oh, he, oh here's he, where it gets good. <laughs> he want them stories. Yes, yeah, we want to hear those stories. No, That's we what don't. we want to hear. No, yes, we, we do. No, we don't. I have a grandchild on the way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You do say controversial things. You do. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that. that, that I, I, to me, they're not controversial because they're just rooted in what you see um, and what you believe. Now, uh, we had, we actually had a conversation like this on the show. You were, you have, at this time, I don't know, are you still with the, 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 the white guy? You still with him? Yeah, are you still with him? Yeah. Are you just going to just do oh, this? She's right? shining. She's shining a little bit. Go ahead, do that thing, girl. She done done set design and makeup all in one time. But she can hear time. what you're saying. She can hear you. Yeah. So you uh, uh, were talking about your relationships because, you know, this was, I, I think at that time, the first time you'd ever dated outside of your, your race. And uh -huh. it was controversial to a lot of people. Because they felt like you were saying this is better than that. But you weren't. You were saying this is what works for you, right? I said open up your option. When you're right. old as hell and you tired <laughs> being by yourself and, you, you know, the pool is small and you, you're damn, you up here lonely. Yep. You think you lonely now? Wait yep. till the night. <laughs> you, your, your brain start going, you know what, open up your option. Mm -hmm. And that's all that was. It wasn't to put nobody down. Right. I'm all for all kind of love. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, let's be realistic. It's too many of my sisters, and there's a lot of us out here. And I'm talking about DL. We in our deep 40s, yeah, 50s. Yeah. They right. got the houses. They got uh, degrees. But they don't have a man. Damn. And it's like, why should they not? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Don't be lonely. Right. Just open it up. Right. I'm right here, Lonnie. Don't right. talk about me like that when I'm right, right. here. Right. Sorry, come on. <laughs> All these white dudes around here, you're gonna get lucky soon. Hey, big honey. <laughs> but you know what it is. I never, let me tell you something though, DL, and I'm and I'm and I've always said this and I made sure that I say this on my show. I'm not with nobody that's not for my people. Right. I don't care what color it is. Right. Okay. I you gotta be an ally. If I'm going out there marching, you gonna have to march with me. Right. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not dating somebody that's not for my people or not for my causes, and that's important. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know, once you understand that, and you you know, if you really want to open up your options, open up your options, but make sure they are still in your best interest, and you're not just being with them because you you are lonely. They have to, you know, they have. You have to, you know. 
um, be conducive to one another and you have to be able to work together with one another. But um, I'm all down for black love. Black love is great. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's I think, hard right I, now. I think that <laughs> I think it's always been hard. I think that when people, particularly what you do now, uh, when you're on television and, and you you have very sentimental moments on your show, moments where they get to know you. Um, um, they feel like they feel a, a sense of ownership toward. They feel they feel like they own you, literally. Not they in the way them. the white guy who we work for owns us here, but I'm talking about. <laughs> but they feel a connection to you, and oftentimes can feel disappointed by the things like they could take having a personal affront to some of the choices you make. And so mm-hmm. I think it was more of that that than anything else. Like, this is ours. You could have somebody that ain't ours. Like, anybody care if, if, if it ain't somebody we, we love or we fuck with. And I think that's got to be tougher, too, that to now have people have expectations of you that you didn't set or agree to but but play out, play out in your life sometimes. And you know what? Sometimes, yeah, it's a response. I feel bad because I never want to set a bad example. And what and you what you did tell me, DL, when I get on TV <laughs> that I would have all this responsibility on me. That's what you did not tell me. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. So you, you couldn't hear me over the that. roar of your bros Royce. Maybe that. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you couldn't hear me over that. It's it's soundproof. <laughs> well, you know, because when women saw what I what what I had actually chosen, then they were like, "Oh, maybe I'll try a white dude now." And I'm like, "No, that's not. Don't right. don't do stuff because I'm doing it. Right. No, I'm I'm trying to give you tools so that you can find yourself and you can find the right partner. And you can have a relationship. I'm not saying don't know fuck all the black dudes. Right. I'm like, no, that's not it. That and so I have to keep clarifying that. I have to keep saying that. I say that on my show. I let people understand what is love, what what I've been through, so that because I never want that type of impression. I am for black men all day. Yes, I am tough on them, just like they're tough on me, and that's that brother and sister relationship. Absolutely, you and I have that. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? We do so, but yeah, I always clarify it and make sure that people understand. Don't do what I do. You know, understand who you are, and then the right person will come to you. Are you happy? I am extremely happy. You said something I've never I, heard you say I, before. You said in you said you said something about love. That in, in addition to that's on your set, and I know it ain't just your name. Are you you in love? Oh, definitely. Oh. I I wouldn't be with somebody for two years if I wasn't in love with them. I know a comic I would, I who might. I, I know a comic who might say a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> who slept on your couch? But that's not the oh, point. Boy. Damn it! Yeah. I, I help a lot of people out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you, yes, you have. Well, you know what? It, it was when I saw it. I was like, I could see why. Because <laughs> I can see why <laughs> she's done her duty. I've seen why. <laughs> I'm I know I ain't tell everybody. Right. No, um, no, no, no. I want to clarify. I okay. First of all. As I was online, I was dating online. I was dating two guys. I was dating a black guy, and then I never thought I would date a white guy. But it was something about his eyes, DL. Right. Which was so nice. Right. And he just seemed so it nice. It was the eyes and of so- a policeman. It was the eyes of a cop. <laughs> <laughs> it was the eyes of a judge. <laughs> it was like, and so I was dating. This is why I tell women, when you're looking for somebody, especially, you know, you should. I feel like you should multi-date. You shouldn't just date one, you know, one person 
especially as you get older, because you could date somebody for a month or six months, and then you done wasted six months. I know, that's <laughs> right. You do it twice. Yes. You right, you right, right, whatever. Right. Max and it just your worked option. out. The, the black guy, his name was Marvin, and we're still good friends, but it didn't work out. I was more compatible with James. Right. It just so happened that it's just a, a moment and place and a time. You know what I mean? And he's just, he's a painter. He is not a police officer, no. and Tifa, he and all that crap no. that, you know. that people are saying. No, not anymore. He's not. Let's say no. I'm, he, no, 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 I'm just Girl. kidding. Um, How do you put up with him? I don't. I just ignore him. I ignore him. You have a, you have so many things um, that you're doing right now, and all of them seem to be connected to helping people out. They are or to. She, do you ever do anything selfish, like, just for you? Because to me, I think the one difference between a lot of entertainers like you and me, like, I'm I'm inherently selfish. Like, I, like I'm, 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 a, I'm a selfish dude. And I think it's one of the things that I, that, you know, you almost believe that you had to have as a, as an entertainer. But you have been successful and, and have not, and, and have been more selfless than a lot of people would be. But you got to do something from an entertainment uh, perspective that's just yours. That you mm. just want to do just because you want to do it, and it didn't have to have a, a you know a, 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 an effect on anybody but you. What is that? I mean, I watch you know uh, Netflix. <laughs> I mean, with the judge, I mean, with, no, you watch it with the judge. But you, I want people to understand, oh, DL. This is all I ever wanted to do was be an entertainer. I didn't want to be a wife. I didn't want to be a devoted mother. I wanted to be an entertainer, and so I worked towards it. And that's what I say in, in the book, is that I want all I ever wanted to do was entertain people. And when you say, are you happy? I am so happy now, not just because cause I was happy without the man, but I was still like fighting for, you know, trying to get on a TV show, trying to get my own other things going, trying to get my own show. I have things coming up that I that I have been working for for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm happy about. That's why it's like, yeah, I can sit and watch Netflix for a minute or go talk to my girlfriends or whatever, but I'm more excited about what I have coming for the future because I want to entertain and inspire people, and that's what I'm trying to do. I never thought, I'm working with Disney right now for my own animated TV show. I never thought as a little girl I would be working with Mickey Mouse but this, this is things that I'm working on that makes me happy. Working makes me happy. And entertaining people makes me happy. And that's why I'm okay and I'm happy and I'm saying I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm very you. happy for you. You got love on your studio and love all around. I'm disgusted by it. But um, <laughs> I, I love you. Thank you, DL, because you have become, you know, um, a sounding board for people to come to to really get true information and true news and i think that you've grown i i know you you started and you know whatever but i have seen you grow into this whole different person you always was was there but now you've become this person that people you know really really do listen to not only for the laughs but for information and encouragement and clarity and that's so important because, you know, you're like our new Dick Gregory. This is what people are looking for. And so I just want to applaud you, and I'm proud of we you. We didn't do that. bad for some ghetto uh, people, huh? We didn't do pretty bad, huh? <laughs> I got to give me a white woman. I'll be up there with you. Oh, okay? my God. <laughs> you know what? Thank you, Lonnie. <laughs>
<laughs> I love you, woman. Take care, Thank baby. You. I love Good you. luck to you, Congratulations, baby. Congratulations, right. too, on your book. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.